Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 220. I'm your host tonight, David Palermo, alongside Adam Deacon. Want to say what up? What up? <laughs> We're here to bring you some uh, big Bills free agent, letting the dust settle, our own little press conference for you today. Don't look at me like that, please. Um, Don't look at me at all. <laughs> all right, fine. So, as always, follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, if you want to follow Deacon, Adam the Bills fan everywhere is uh, his name. And um, as always, Numb Bills fan everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcast and keep it cool. Word. So, here we go. We're going to dive into this. And if you didn't know, now you know that Cole Beasley is a rapper. So that's a funny joke because we were just looking at um, some game tape, all right? We we're, were looking at tape today. Deke and I had our own little dark room film session before uh, we podcasted. Now, and, to be uh, fair, these were these were uh, YouTube highlight reels, not actual game tape. Hey, man, my hands are callous from loading up that, that film reel. Yo, you can't be mad at us for trying to get pumped up. <laughs> So a lot of good moves going on. Yeah, yeah. So then we came across that Cole Beasley. Um, he's into hip hop and stuff, and that's really cool. And uh, he went on a radio station and did a freestyle. But I don't know if it was technically a freestyle, a no, legal freestyle. Off, but he was, he was reading, reading off, off his phone. You can't, yeah, whatever. But hey, you want to know it, something it, though? It was tight. It was tight. It, so it wasn't tight. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, just just go. So what's funny about it? Is um, he actually was like really good, like his cadence was superior, um, his confidence was there. Wait, are you talking about the the rap or the, the Cole uh, Beasley freestyle? It was the, label freestyle. The, the rap or the highlight reel? The rap. Oh, Cole Beasley is a player though. Like I gotta say, um, very quick after he gets the ball in his hand. Very very elusive speed. It seems like so very fast game speed. Um, not a burner, but you know what I'm saying. So he gets uh. Yo, he's scrappy. So what's funny about that is we were just joking around, and we we're gonna kick off this podcast, which I'd like to. Is um, Antonio Brown is where I left off the audience last time, Deeks. So to give a quick reset, is I'm gonna declare it now the Antonio Brown move to trying to get AB was the best intentional slash unintentional maybe Buffalo Bills PR move they could ever do because to me I'm all off season like this team I will know how I feel about this team when I see who they sign who actually wants to come to Buffalo because just having cap space these players aren't stupid they want to go to a place where they can have opportunity and for AB to snub the Bills like he did that was great for the Bills and honestly Josh Allen showed enough to people around the league that they go, wait, their offensive line was trash. And they get rid of the offensive line coach. They get a new QB coach. And now they have something. Hey, we're building something. You want to be part of it. So pretty much it's, um, I don't know, man. Deeks, I just think it's like been a good reset for me to get back into the Bills. And uh, it's, I've been pretty, I don't want to say negative. It's just been a really like uphill battle. Especially online, talking with people, and even our friends. I mean, we had a horrible fucking Monday night football ride home. Um, Literally, like, it was like a bad argument with a good friend. I was pretty drunk. But, you know. Oh, that that was awful. You yeah, are, dude. Like, we, like, I thought we were going to, like, fight. Because, like, yeah, I have such a big fucking You guys had me mouth. stressed out. Then we had police contact. That stressed me the fuck out. Yeah, I had a sobriety test. And. Yeah, and, you know. And I've never had one. And it was like an awful night. And it's just like, dude, it was like a pain to go to the Bills games. Like, like my Bills were tough this year. I'm going to be honest. Like, my personal life has been fucking tough, Bill-wise. I've I'm had gonna, shit fall apart. So to get to the games, it's like, well, I paid for them. 
I gotta go to him, you know, and and then you gotta, you know, I was so down because it's like, dude, we've seen scrap guys come in on the roster, and I'm just like wondering, like, are you even trying? And then you know, dude, they do this free agency thing, and they do exactly what I wanted. It's almost as if like not to be cocky, Deacon, but like if I was to make a list on the podcast, which I have, of all the Bills' needs. And what would bring me back as a fan? Not that I was ever gone. It's just I can't buy into this. Yeah, not happy to bring bro- you back, but to bring you back around. You know. Well, it's like to give me some kind of fucking pulse. And, you know, I'm not stupid. Uh, you, you know, don't tell me oh the cap space. No, you decided to jettison talent and not replace it. You know, and then people's cap numbers are slow to come out. Like, Starla Tulees is a long time for that number to come out. And everybody's all praising, oh, get that Tulees out. You know what? Hey, it is what it is. The defense worked out. Everything worked out. And and it's so far gone now in my past. But my point is, is they did. It's almost as if they've been, like, listening to the people that we probably talk to regularly. The logical fans, which is like, yo. Football starts in the trenches. The offensive line is a mess. You had a Pro Bowl guard and center go downhill the following year. Okay? And then you retain that guy. You know? And my whole concern is, like, look at the decisions the coach has made and 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 even the front office, and they're not paying out. Like, the Calvin Benjamin thing pissed me off, and the fact that, like, Danny Crossman had a job as a special teams coach, as a coach's call, and then Aaron Cromer's not paid, like, freaking $5 million a year to be the Bills O-line coach where, like, that dude went to the Rams, and he turned around a Todd Gurley that I had a Rams fan on that year, comedian Kevin Elliott. And, dude, he was telling me, he's like, dude, this team sucks. Like, the offensive line sucks. And then they bring in Cromer, and he's like, Gurley sucks. They bring in Cromer, Gurley busts out, oh, and yeah. Goff has a good year. And, and he's just like, let go. And it's like, wait, what do you mean? Process this? And, like, and even our friends that we're friends with online, like, it's like, there's, I'm not going to mention names, but like this whole flock of fucking people that just like attack me on Twitter. Oh, it's like, it's like you know what, dude, you want to listen to my fucking thoughts, put on a podcast. Like, that's serious. That's why I do this. I stress out about all week. It takes a lot of courage for us to even get in the room and talk and, and understand if you're going to listen to it. So fucking listen to it. I'm not going to get in some Twitter war and, and then, oh, you're just negative. I go through your Twitter line. Okay, cool. Well, it's really just a conversation starter. You know, and and if you want to hit me with some fucking logic, let's talk. But like, Instagram is the place to go for that. But to to not ramble so much, they got an offensive line coach that's you know was an assistant with Chan Gailey. He's been around the block and uh, was also an assistant under Dave. I don't even know how to spell it. Dave Gugliermo. <laughs> Nope, no, that's not no it R, at all. Man. All right. You're pronouncing it with my right. last name mixed in there. So Dave. The, yeah, that's De your Gu- name. De- De- Dave DePlermo. De okay, so listen. So listen. The Bills hired this offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson. He was an assistant under Chang Gailey. Okay. He was also an assistant to Dave DeGualmo, De who was the offensive line coach of the Indianapolis Colts in 2018. Okay. Now, here's the deal. Oh, yes. wait, wait, yo, we're, uh, we're the fucking worst. Look, De Guglielmo. Oh, <laughs> uh, they have it right up there, De Gulmo. Wikipedia in front of his face. That's crazy. My face, too, though. Yeah, it's pretty far, though. I mean, okay, I got good eyes. What am I th- I'm just trying to blame you somehow. So, anyways, this Dave guy, <laughs> he, he got fired from the Colts as offensive line coach. Frank Reich canned his ass. And Bobby Johnson, our new offensive line coach, was his assistant. Point being is Frank Reich didn't hire this dude. He was inherited when Josh McDaniel signed over as the Colts head coach for a minute. And Josh hired him. And Frank interviewed him and retained him. So that was the deal. So now the Colts had a great offensive line this year. Um, And you know me. I love me Chan Gailey. I love everything about Changeli, and if this dude was with him, he understands great offense that still holds up to this day. And don't even fucking argue that with me, because I'll, I'll sit here. I'll single podcast. You know, the drinking game. You want a new drinking game? Fuck Doug Rowan drinking game. We got the damn Changeli drinking game. My main man. Well, if you think back to Changeli with CG, CJ Spiller and Fred Jackson. We'll get to that. 
We'll get to that later. A little teaser. And I'm not kidding. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyways. The Bills did what I wanted, man. They hired an offensive line coach. Like, get Juan Castillo and his dumb shit out of here, is what I said. I also said the Bills That need- line was trash. Yo, with the exception of Deion Dawkins, that line was trash. That tells you how good Deion Dawkins was. Because we saw Groy play better under other coaches, and it was just an abomination. Like, nobody showed up. I feel like it's open season. It's like, if Groy's still under contract, like, that's what it's got to be. It's got to be just straight up, like, let's go. Yeah, Deion Dawkins was the was the bright spot on that, that offensive line. And, I mean, I can only imagine he'll be better if he has that interior support, you know? Yeah, and so – the, the the next thing the Bills did too was they got a new quarterbacks coach, and uh, honestly, I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, so the Bills hired this dude Ken Dorsey, and uh, I talked about him on other podcasts. Um, and he's just a lot more qualified. He was a very highly rated quarterback in college, and uh, so two time NCAA quarterback of the year in oh one oh two, and uh, two time Archie Griffin Award oh one oh two. Maxwell Award. So, first team All American in 2002 and yeah. BCS National okay, Champion. Enough. You know Let's, what? You stop reading. Why? I love reading. This stop, is the, the, I feel smart. You just you're just reading. No, this is great. This is great radio. Yeah, let's let's so follow. Let's follow cut me. to the chase here, so man. Let's, let's talk about. Let's he talk actually, about. He actually played. Hold on, this is my point. He actually played a lot of football as a quarterback. He played a, some football as an NFL player. But let's talk about what's really important here is his time with the Carolina Panthers as Cam Newton's quarterback coach. Now, first of all, all the you Bills fans out here who are like, oh, look, another hire from Carolina, just shut up because here's why. Ken Dorsey coached Cam Newton to an MVP. MVP, okay? It's a lot of letters. And they have a lot of the same traits, you know, so... um. And my, my excitement with McDermott when he was hired here was his defensive philosophy, actually. Because it was a cutting-edge philosophy, and we've actually seen it come to fruition. Um, so, you know, Cam Newton, I always liked him. You know, it's just with the Bills, you get a quarterback that's as raw as Josh Allen, and you saw what he did with trash around him, frankly. And it starts with the coaching that they replaced. And... This team really just systematically can't go anywhere but up. Like, there's no way this team is is less yep. than a seven. Stop, knock team. on wood. Yes, there is injuries, injuries, injuries. Oh yeah, that. But I'm saying like, oh, oh yeah, that. Like it doesn't happen. Like it hasn't. But dude, there's no way their offensive go. line is as trash as it, as it was. Oh no, no, we've made. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, come in, on. In a week's time, you know, with the free agency signings, they've made leaps and bounds. This. This unit's going to be way, way, way better. So should we, like, run down the list? Or how do you want to do this? So can uh, let's, uh, how about offensive You're line? the host. Why are you asking me? You're the host. All right, so check it out. So the first thing I wanted was get set. Get for, to work. Get set, get set for the draft where anything is on the table. And one thing I don't like betting on is prospects that are not guaranteed to be turnkey because – Football has so many positions, and we talked about this earlier. Football has so many positions that, like, what are the odds that the top offensive linemen in each position, top five, fits your scheme per? You know what I mean? So what I'm getting at is that's for every player, that same trend. So there's a lot of players that if if you plug your holes in free agency, which the Bills, holy shit. Like they, I was telling you earlier, Deacon, they could like not even have a draft, and I would actually be stoked on the season. Which, of course, I want to have a draft, but it's like, wow, they filled out their offensive line right after the coaching hires. That's what I liked. That's what we talked about, or at least I've been hammering the table. Is what the fuck are we doing with the offensive line? And they did it, man. So I say we start with pretty much the top prospects on the offensive line. And um, they have a lot of options for quote-unquote competition, but also some bodies for camp. And, you know, during the offseason, we might put these guys on more of a hyperbole 
than ever because it's just not much news. Whereas, like, if they brought in a guy like in August when there's so much news, you won't pay it as much attention. So some guys that they brought in that probably you know they might get caught. Why are you looking at me like that? Those eyes. Those eyes. Why you gotta Why you gotta say it like that, man? That's. So the first. Why Why is it guys that that might get cut? Why isn't it guys that that might have to work for their spot? So the first so dude that the Bills hired. Man, those guys on Twitter are right about you. I know, right? So the so the, so the Bills got a deal on Spencer Long. Um, you know, guard from the Jets, he played center, and he didn't rate well as a center, but he also played injured. Yeah, and he had to snap the broken, ball. And shit. Broken thumb, right? Yeah, is that is that what it was? I don't know. I thought it was a broken hand, of some sort. Either way, it has to do with the snapping thumb the bones ball. connected to something. Yeah, so it's there. All right, so he's got a. He said, she said, injury. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not looking that one up. No, I'm not right. either. I'm fuck that. We'll, uh, we're both flapping the breeze this time. That's fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> as much as I'll tell you, uh, Google's not the greatest search engine for stuff like this. It is. So, point it's being, right. the Bills went out, and they just made plays. And it's like, I wasn't sure about the signing of that because I thought he kind of got paid some big money um, before from the Jets and flamed out. But it, it's one of those things where I just have to do the research, you know, and I did. And he got a huge signing, like, he signed a huge contract with the Jets as a free agent. But... The thing that kills me is a lot of these guys are have been previously injured a lot. And we kind of had a tutorial or a tutorial. We had to remind each other before, like, all right, dude, stop talking about players being injured because it's not, it's really a lot of work to do injury prone. If that makes sense. Like I don't really buy injury prone. So everything is situational. And I think signing Mitch Morris right out the gate, the center from Kansas City was like, really? They're, they're paying him the most money for a center. And that really, I think, showed how serious like the Bills were. And after that, fell the receivers, if you really think about it. You know, it's like, I'm looking at like the biggest dominoes to fall in free agency that, that just happened. There's a lot of micro signings, I'll call them. You know, a lot of nice stories in there, which with like the dude, Ty... Nisaki, I can't even pronounce his last name. But he played some indoor football and stuff, and he's actually worked hard, but he's older. Yeah, and to give you an idea of teams, in 2009, Corpus Christi Sharks, Dallas Vigilantes, Philadelphia Saul. Dave, if you don't stop reading the Wikipedia, I'm going (laughs) to fucking kill you. I'm just saying, dude, this guy's working his ass off, and at 33, he's on the Bills. So that's like pretty Yeah, no, cool. he had to bust his ass to get in the league, didn't stick in the league, had to go to Canada, made it back, left again, hit the Redskins, stuck for three years, now he's here. 33, let's do it. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, I mean, he's still a huge upgrade from Jordan Mills, though. Good God. I believe he had his best season last year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so, again, it's, it, and there's something to having an older guy to show you the work ethic. And um, I know Deeks and we do podcasts all the time. I, You and I loved, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I love the older players because I don't understand how you get worse. And dra- the, draft is, the draft is based on potential. And if you love football, you're like Lorenzo Alexander, where you keep your body in top shape, you know. You know what, let's roll this over to the running backs. Um the Bills, there's a plethora, and we're going to dive in. No, I'm going to dive into the offensive line deeper. But the Bills do have a couple other, like, pretty decent signings. As in um, Jeremiah Serials that they extended on January 16th. So there's a lot of stuff that I think that players, that when you look at their stories, it's the cream is going to rise to the top. You can get hyped on a lot of guys. Um, but in the running back space... The Bills brought in Frank Gore. And, you know, everybody was dogging it, but I was stoked because Frank Gore never fucking dies. And that's the truth. Yeah, man. I mean, he, he banged hard as 
fuck with Miami last year. Yeah, we were both salivating over over the tape when we were in the film room watching Frank Gore tape. No, I mean when I quickly googled to see what his pro football focus grade was, when I saw he was like ranked eleventh among halfbacks, like qualifying half. I said, "There's no fucking way." No, but no, I mean, I heard. I heard. Uh, I believe it was Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus talking about Frank Gore, and he was saying that he had his most yards after contact in his career last year. And he had, I believe, 4.6 yards per carry. Something like that, And and, and it's like, you know... I didn't Google that either. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 15 plays a year. 4.6. Per game. Isn't that crazy? And on the Colts the year before, he had that's above his. I mean, it's above his career average, you know? Right. And and That's crazy. And here's the best part is the Dolphins had an atrocious offensive line. If you don't remember, there was a coach that was, like, doing blow. Like, I caught, like, on Snapchat or some shit. Or online, like, <laughs> like Boston Rails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking funny. Like, I couldn't believe it. But the line sucked on the Dolphins. Like, Oh, I'm sure that's common. I mean, it's just not common that you get caught up like that. Obviously. Poor guy. But, hey. Fuck him. So, you know... We're going to talk about this and then go into pass catchers. So let's go on this running back triangle trade here. You got Frank Gore, Chris Ivory, and LaShawn McCoy. Now, Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy are boys. Like, real tight. They're dogs. Yeah. And and if anything, bringing in Frank Gore for a whopping $2 million, like, that dude must really love playing fucking football for $2 million. A come to Buffalo, right? Siberia, where nobody wants to play, but a fucking... Legend and Frank Gore, you know, just I think, yo, whatever, man. You know, because last season Josh Josh was running all over the field, and uh, you know, we just did a whole what ten minutes on how trash that offensive line is, and they went out and picked up maybe the best dude at picking up the blitz that's still playing football right now. Like what, what other running back is a better pass blocker than Frank Gore, a more willing blocker than Frank Gore. Right. And and, and that's the thing is like, no, not hypothetically, like name, name one other, one other running back. And I'll tell you, you're wrong. I'm saying is I felt like we learned a lot about, Running back pass protection during the Fred Jackson's filler years. That's how I'll dive into it. I'll cut right into it, okay? Because we were talking about how they would be used. And I'm like, you know, Frank Gore passing downs. Put them in for, for protection and adjustments. And if you want to be cute, you can always throw Shady out there too, you know? And do whatever the hell you want to do, option-wise. If you want to move Shady as a receiver, yada, 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 yada. And Shady's got good hands. Get him into space, you know? And then I think Chris Ivory is just straight up more self-dependable if, if all these guys are still here. And Frank Gore, same thing. I, I really have no problem with Chris Ivory's game. He's not much money. Yeah, again, I you mean, know? Like, you know, these guys are all in their 30s, but, you know, Ivory's on a good deal. Gore's on a on a real cheap deal, and if we can get if we can get McCoy to be serviceable for another year, having filled a lot of the holes we've already filled, and you know going into the draft looking to fill a few more. Um, with this year being a a shallow class at running back, it would put us in a good position to maybe get a a young stud, you know, in next year's draft. Maybe a first, late first round, second round guy. I'm hoping we get a late pick next year. You know, you know these guys. I'm know, hoping next year's pick these, is late. These guys know what they're doing. I'm hyped, but I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be. I know better. I, these these three running backs know how to play football, and if anything, Frank Gore elevates Shady's game and gives him an accountability partner. Because, you know, don't let it fool you. These players read everything online. They hear a lot about everything going on. They have direct access to the negative bullshit. Okay. So when Shady's going through all this shit, whether he's right or wrong or whatever, then different, 
outside of football, make no mistake, I, I would guarantee it has an effect to some degree. And some people will say he gave up last year. At the same time, the offensive line was fucking trash, and he probably did try to preserve himself. And it's not a sh- it's not a shot at the players. It's a shot at the coach that's not there. You know, because I feel like the, the team has all this ammunition to use the players as, as people to force the blame on. Like, oh, they don't fit in. They don't know. Maybe you don't know how to fucking coach them. Maybe you don't know how to communicate to the players. So that's kind of where I've always felt like to come in and be like, nah, your coach might suck. <laughs> We're here for you. We got your back, Doc. That said, um, I'm really looking forward to this. I could go into camp like this and be perfectly fine, you know, um, and, and and honestly, and I'll reset this again at the end of this, at the end of the podcast too. It's it's I want to go back to the playoffs when everybody's seven and six in the middle of the fucking season and the Bills aren't even close. And you trot out fucking Peterman earlier, and he's just in the way. He does not help your quarterback develop. He literally retarded your quarterback's development, and I mean that not in that way. I mean it in like a technical term. Serious. Takes one to know one. Uh, come on, man. You get offended with that word. No, I'm trying to... <laughs> I snorted. And I don't know. You were looking at me like, say something. So I thought I thought the first thing that came... Or I said the first thing that came to mind. You can kick me off the show. I don't give a fuck. So look. You can, have, sec- you can have security <laughs> escort me out of the studio. That's your fucking place, dude. So... Unfortunately. I'm kind of, you know, unfortunately, I'm kind of quote unquote handcuffed here in the draft. So look, pass catchers. All right, Bills need to upgrade. Really stoked. Did you like what they did? Because that was pretty, uh, you know, when I heard they were bringing in a rapper, I was like, oh, oh shit. You love the white rapper, don't I you? I love the white rapper. So they cut Charles Clay. And, you know, that was a four and a half million dollar cut. Good Ridden. Right. I'm I'm over it. Yeah, he his time was up here. And uh so then the Bills signed John John Brown and that was try number two for John Brown. If you remember he chose to go to the Ravens last season. And uh his highways are fun too. Um and I'm stoked that the Bills got him. The Bills need speed. This whole big and slow receiver fucking shit they did last year was like, Are you even trying? Cole Beasley, solid pickup, really nice route runner. But his burst once he gets the ball, it's really nice. And he's like sneaky fast, man. Like he 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 really gets to his spots like quick, you know. And um, I think him and Josh Allen will have a lot of good like I like to call it like sandlot chemistry, where like a play breaks down. I feel like he's a pretty smart player. He's gonna get to that space. You know what I'm saying? Also, Tyler Croft. Former Bengals tight end was signed. You seem to like that one. It's a, it's all right, man. I mean, he's a pretty well rounded, pretty well rounded player, and uh, you know, definitely stepped in and was serviceable in the asset. Uh, Tyler Eifert, but um, again, not not a huge wave, but like not a lot of money either. It was actually really cheap. Yeah, definitely, definitely a smart contract. And now John we, were, we were we we were weak at the position. I'm not I'm not trying to hate on Kroom or uh, damn it the other the other kid there. Um, oh, he got caught, so he don't matter to me anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he thought he was a quarterback. Thought he was a tight end. What the hell is that kid's name? It don't matter. He's yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. So, anyways, we, I'm sorry. Like the Bills, we moved on. He's 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 better than both of them. Now, John Brown is a guy where he's a pretty tough receiver too. And honestly, I thought the Bills last season, at the end of it, looked good. At least in my Madden game too. A lot of speed out there. And I want to see Foster develop more. But what they've done here is they've allowed themselves a lot of room. And you brought up a theory. What if the Bills, you've been telling me for a month, this could be the year where, you know, the Bills are are talking 
wide receiver and defensive line. Now, the lying season begins at the end of the season. It's pretty much lying season all the time. But real lying season begins at the end of the season. Okay? Um, even th- the last game. Meaning, I don't buy shit that they say. Because they're trying to, you know, manipulate other teams. Oh, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this, we're doing that. Deacon brought up a theory to me about taking a tight end early. And, you know, a, a dominant pass catcher. Mismatch. I want a mismatch nightmare, personally, whether it's on offense or defense. Give me that fucking monster defensive tackle if you want. I feel like the edge rushers are easier to come by. Right. And I, I was real high on both guys from Iowa, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, initially, I was I was really favoring TJ Hawkinson. I thought he was the more complete tight end. I mean, he is the more complete tight end. It's not I thought. I mean, I saw what I saw, you know, and I know what I saw. And then the other uh, the other Iowa tight end there, Noah Fant, looking looking at him on film, he's just he's explosive in comparison. You know, I mean they're both they're both really excellent, but I mean I think signing Tyler Croft, we kind of have that utility tight end. Like he can he can block a little bit, he can catch a little bit. He'll do whatever he's asked, you know, whatever's asked of him. We we compared, you know, we compared their size. They're 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 similar similar frame, you know. Um, Hawkinson's a little bit m- more athletic, probably, but overall, I think if we went after after no offense, I I don't know if I like it at nine, but if we could slide back in the first round and pick up either one of those, I would be so satisfied with either well, one of them. But I think Fant. Is the playmaker that we need. So, but but that being said, if Ed Oliver's there at nine, or uh, you know, really any any of these uh, top defensive linemen are there at nine, we should go for it. Well, the defensive line to me is always I feel like the one thing that's being overlooked on this roster is the departure Kyle Williams. Yeah, and not for nothing, the the defensive lineman, that's the most expensive, I think the most expensive position. And you need a fucking nasty dude, a dude that's going to come in and terrorize. Um, You know, I was a big fan of the Bills getting Jordan Phillips in here off of waivers. I love his fucking attitude. You know, you know, when when he's t- saying on Instagram or Twitter, fuck him, about AB, posting some shit about fuck the Bills and shit. That, that shit was so stupid. Like, I hope somebody punches him in the face. And that's just, like, classless. Like, Yo, he's a whack sucker. Yeah, dude. Like, go blow LeBron, dude. Um, hey, 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 don't drag the Lakers into this dog. Yo, your Lakers fucking suck right now. Yeah, I know. The man missed 18 games, okay? I don't want to hear about it. Oh, all right, you... You go win a fucking team sport without your best player. Bye. This team don't even like him. They don't need to like him. He had to have a dude push him to go play defense. I saw that clip. Man, that's one play. One play. Yeah. One play. Imagine how many plays he took off. Bron, Bron. Anyway, so listen. You never miss your assignment at hockey? Always. I don't know how to play the game. I don't even watch fucking hockey. You need a push. You need a push. I push I push turds. So listen, <laughs> I want to get back to this. So yo, leave LeBron out of this shit, dog. I don't want to hear about LeBron. Don't then, don't start shit. There won't be shit. All right, I'll agree to disagree. Don't <laughs> don't start shit. There won't be shit. All right, it's your it's your it's your crib, dog. Sorry, might be. If you Not if you never see Dave again, your, you know why. If, if Dave goes missing. It wasn't you. Maybe it was. So I have a curveball. Not a curveball, but while we're kind of on like draft preview here, you know, we were watching the top receivers too today, and I've been catching clips. And uh, the Metcalf character there, some people say, I think it was Greg Cosell mentioned it, he, he reminds him of Terrell Owens a little bit. Like, or, uh, I think it was, uh, I'm sorry. Greg Cosell was on the Ross Tucker podcast, and Ross Tucker mentioned he he looked like 
Terrell Owens, like stiff. You know what I mean? And just not as fluid. Like, like I don't know. I've seen a lot of people trying to make the Calvin Johnson comparison. I feel like Calvin Johnson wasn't as rigid. And his footwork was nice. DK Metcalf's footwork is a mess. That that dude's that dude's fast as hell, but he's tripping over his feet in all of the game in all of the game f- film I've seen. Which again, it's like pretty much what I was just floating around on YouTube. It he's, just seems like it seems like he's just like stumbling towards the end. Dude, I, mean, I still makes, think he's good as hell. I mean, but he makes it in a lot of those plays. When you compare and, it to fucking Anthony Johnson, and Anthony Johnson looks really smooth, I'd almost wait for Anthony Johnson second, third round if I'm gonna pick up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where he's I, projected, but like that could be like mega high. Second, I have no, yeah. I mean, I think he would be a good value pick in the late second round if he. I mean. Mid second round, where we are in the second round, I don't know what pick that is off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me, uh, Dave. Oh, you know who we forgot to talk about? The wide receiver from the CFL, Duke Williams. Yeah, the other other Duke Williams. Yeah, and that dude has a big frame. We're watching him, and you know, I am curious to see how he does in camp because he's had to work his ass off. As well. Yeah, his highlights had me all pumped down. I was like, oh, wait. But he had a running start on all these plays. That CFL ball is crazy. Yeah, but, dude, you watch. You know what I like about watching? Oh, man, I get so excited to watch guys uh, play. Is when you watch them track the ball. Okay? And Duke Williams, you watch him track the ball no matter what's going on. And it's pretty incredible. Like, he is right on it and the way he uses his his body reminds me of a of like a dude in the paint in basketball like he, he's really good with leverage like and, lebron uh, yeah so i'm really looking forward to uh to how this whole receivers are easy to fall in love with and we know john brown and Cole Beasley ain't getting caught because those two combined are a little bit over i believe 15 million a year and Tyler Croft has an affordable deal, but he has to stay healthy. He had some nagging injuries and shit last year, I believe. Um, one of the last guys the Bills signed that's really interesting that I want to talk about is Andre Roberts, special teams guy, 31 years old, was on the Jets last season. And if you watch his highlights, two great runbacks against the Bills. You can see uh, our kicker trying to slide tackle him like a soccer thing, but... Yeah, I mean, but last year with the Jets, he had damn near 1,600 all-purpose yards on on special teams, on, on, you know, kick and punt returns. So, like, that's a huge impact over the course of – I mean, if you think about that, if a wide receiver puts up 1,600 yards, if a running back puts up 1,600 yards, that's an incredible season. This dude did it on special teams. Two touchdowns, too. One of only two players last year that had a – a touchdown on a kick return and a punt return. So that's a fun little fact. I read that along the way somewhere. I couldn't tell you where, though. Yep, yep. Um, another loose end is Lorenzo Alexander was um, extended yeah, as well. He's got for another, another year. year. And uh, as you know, favorite player of mine probably consistently. I, I'm really liking Josh Allen, you know, but I'm, I'm talking about as far as overall yo, look, work ethic, professionalism. Yo, he's he's the Frank Gore of our defense dude, right he now. He is, man. And, I and, mean, and he's another he's another one who graded out unreasonably high. I mean, I don't want to say unreasonably, but unbelievably high on pro football focus last year. I looked it up for shits and giggles, and I figured, you know, he'd be slightly above average. He was the fourth best linebacker grade in 2018. Now, Keeping in mind that, you know, the guys like, you know, Von Miller and Khalil Mack, they're they're lumped in under edge rusher right. and not, not linebacker. But still, fourth, come on. Yeah, I mean, not, I kind of get Not bad for an old guy. I get the discrepancy between the two. Don't tell him I said that. No, but, like, he's just a person where... How come you can be a martial artist and get better at the craft, but you do football and you, you you don't? And I understand you can lose this stuff, but I just think it really comes down to opportunity and system. And what happens is these guys had an age number, 
And they might not, teams might not always look at, like, you know, he's bounced around the system. Or really, they might just lose. It sounds corny as fuck. But I used to laugh at this. Like, no, that's garbage. These players really got to love football. Because we're seeing more and more players being smart and retiring early. And saying, fuck this. You know what I mean? Like, why would I even bother? I, I made my money. I'm out. I'm out. And if one thing the NFL is... It's not a place that celebrates individuality by any means. And they don't, they want to control your life. You know, that's the truth. They want to know what the fuck you're up to. I mean, these players are high investments. At the same time, it's the culture of the sport. It's ingrained. It's always been a militant, very fucking, you know, kind of deal. So it's like, you have to fall in line. You have to really love football to play it. Yeah, yeah. It's not a relaxed lifestyle. Not at all. Um, you know, a lot of people see the uh, the fame and the fortune and just like, oh, yo, these dudes are just like rich guys or whatever. But, yo, no, nah, they're like, they're, you know, at a, level, a lot of levels, they're, they're warriors, you know? Like, they're out there and their bodies are just like, Minced, you know, some dudes you, you, shot. You want to know something? Um, a little off topic combo, and then I want to dive just to conclude this up, which is pretty much I guess I'll wrap into this now, and then I'm gonna tell you. Remind me Fitzpatrick and his contract with the Bills. So, again with yes. the Changeli, good god, nah, dude, this is actually funny. So, it's just ironic. Um, so actually, I'll just dive into it with Fitz. Playing hockey, I got fucked up in the ribs on one side about two months ago. And then I broke my finger or my pinky, fractured it, X-fractured. Um, and then some fucking dickhead that I take more personal because he knows me um, decided to give me a fucking cheap shot check at the point as I'm taking the fucking puck out of his own. And uh, he'll probably get murdered tomorrow in, or on Wednesday's game, actually. So... Um, can't fucking wait. Playoffs. Anyways, I'm new to hockey, so if my head happens to be down, that sucks. So, you know, my ribs, man, were so fucked up that I would reach for my phone every fucking morning or try to roll over to sleep, and this dude's name would come out of my mouth. That's how fucking pissed I was. It was the absolute worst. So then I got thinking. And I looked into the quarterback money for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I believe it was a $59 million contract, not even a $69 million contract, if that. And what I found funny is some people be like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, once he got paid, he fucking, he just sucked. And the thing is, is I was at the game after he got paid, and it was in Toronto against the Washington team. And he took a helmet right to the fucking ribs, I believe from London Fletcher. It was like speared to the ground and it had like broken ribs. And I just got to say, fucking credit to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like talk about playing football with broken ribs. Like that's a testament to, to a dude. You know what I mean? Like that's some hard shit. So I just wanted to say, all hail Ryan Fitz. And now he's on the Dolphins. And Steve Johnson came out and said, hey, man, yo, I'm going to be rooting for Fitz those two games. Don't even be getting on me unless I'm coaching for the team. Which I guess I get it. It's about life. You know what I mean? You want your dog to win. But do you think the Bills are actually, or the Dolphins, like, if you're trying to lose games, that ain't the guy to hire. Mm, If if you're trying to pick 9 through 12, he's the guy to hire. If you're trying to pick number one, he ain't the guy to hire. You go get Peterman. You fucking trade your first for Peterman right now. If you're trying to, to be in you the first You don't pick. trade your first. <laughs> you trade your first for Peterman, Dolphins. <laughs> Just, you get her to hear first. Trade your first for Peterman. You take the season. You get the number one pick. EJ's looking for a job. No, man. He's got a job. He got hired, I think. Oh, oh yeah. Where'd he go? The Chargers, don't right? Don't fucking pop quiz me. Chargers? Was that it? Yeah, I believe so. Another mega bong rip podcast for you. So sorry, it's oh no, no, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. It was the Chiefs. It is the Chiefs. On the tape, back. He's an Andy Reid guy now. Ah. 
fuck. All right, so trade two first. <laughs> so I'm gonna wrap this up here. Coming, coming out of this, dude. Deacon and I have been hanging out for like four hours before we even started this podcast because we're really talking about bills a lot and like how stoked I'm personally stoked about. You know, McDermott. Hey, he lets those coaches stay at the end of the year. Got rid of them. Hired new coaches. The next thing on the list was fill your holes the best you can through free agency. They did it. I'm very satisfied. I'm very stoked on Mitch Morse. That's a great pickup. Now he's had some injuries. He's had some concussions. A lot of guys they've got have concussions. Also, the Bills just uh, they just got EJ Gaines, by the way. Speaking of concussions. Yep. And um, what were your thoughts on the EJ Gaines, man? I mean... You texted me about it. Well, I mean, he played huge while he was here, you know. Eight and three when the Bills when he played. Yeah, yeah, no, the Bills, the Bills were looking really nice. Him, him and Trey White were were a nice duo, and uh, Trey Trey White even got on Twitter today and like made a comment about his bro being back or whatever. Whatever it said, that's I, I awesome. I'm paraphrasing. Though. That's awesome, you know. But. Yeah, I mean his his first well his year here in Buffalo. Um, again, I feel like I feel like I'm all over the pro football focus this and that and everything today. But um, you know, grade wise, he was their most improved player from 2016 to 2017, and you know his year here in Buffalo was his best year of his career. And I just you know I think he can come back in and be just as effective again. And they got him really cheap. Uh, what three point two three mil or something. You texted it to me. It was about three mil. Um, that was so long ago. Yeah, I know. It was like, yeah. But like I said, dude, they're going to go into this draft with anything on deck. I'm down. Like, this is a draft where if you got 10 picks and you want to trade some 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 of your picks and move up to get the right guys to fit your scheme, you know what you want to get. You know, clearly you can do some offensive line help. Um, you know, there's a lot of day one starters for the offensive line around two and three. That said, um, I think you have an unquote-unquote competition there, you know, to really maybe have something stir up at the O-line. Um, but ideally, maybe because you want cheap pass catchers and shit, maybe this is the Josh Allen draft. Maybe this is, hey, man, do you think, like, the new trend is throw the kid in the wall, see what he can do with trash, see what kind of player he is, and then marry. I don't know, man. I have so many, like, little working theories about this. You thought about this, too? Because, like, on the like one... Like, golf? On the, socked with Fisher, and then... Well, I have my theories on this. Like, I feel like maybe this draft is the draft where, like, they feel obligated to double down on their investment in Josh Allen last year and get him every weapon and protection they can. But by the same token, we hired a defensive head coach, and the majority of these signings have been offensive line, wide receiver, tight end. I mean, really, really fortifying the offense here, and uh, it almost makes me feel like they're they're putting themselves in position. You know, they they're saying they're saying in the interviews, "Oh, now now we can go for best player available," and to a certain extent, I believe that. But I can't. I can't help but feel like the staff might want to lean more towards the defensive side of the ball with their earlier picks. I kind of look at how the contracts lay out, and and frankly, they're going to need they're going to need a dominant defensive end. And 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 Leslie Frazier, he uses a rotation, so you know they might not really need anybody. Shaq Lawson's in a contract year. Um, and, and and honestly, I don't think he's a bad fucking player. I think he's developing fine. And I don't know, dude, I'm just all over the place. You know why I think they're going to go D is because it's the best value and not for nothing, dude. I was really pissed because having a good defense last year means nothing to me. It's all about Josh Allen. And that's why it's like, if it's all about Josh Allen, you get him an offensive line coach, you get him, you know, the pieces around him. That said, you know, they would have had to fire um, their offensive line coach right after the playoff season. And which would have been doable, you know, always looking to upgrade. It's just, I don't know how much 
you know, I, I just look at things like I want to go to the playoffs. I, I want to be in championship mode. And, and I just don't know what the most impactful position to get would be because defensively, if you can't score points, defense don't fucking matter too much to me. You know, like, I can't have another season where the second quarter there's so many zeros up on the board. Well, nah, I mean, I think... That was a hard, dude, that was a worse... And, and you know what the Bills don't talk about either, no one talks about? Is how many people weren't at the fucking stadium this year. Like, I'm not saying there wasn't a lot of people, but there was a lot of games where there wasn't a lot of people. As much as usual, it wasn't like a packed house. But then Josh Allen came back, and it started to be. But, like, you know, they finally hired Derek Anderson midseason, and now he has somebody he can learn from outside of the fucking coach's room. And it's like, I was really worried about the operation, man. And now it's like the operation's tight. It's like, I don't know. I'm fucking psyched. They're, they're making the common sense moves. And drafting your quarterback and not surrounding him with the best pieces around him isn't like a Derek Anderson type in the offseason. That way, during this time with OTAs and shit, he can learn how to read a playbook. He can learn how to retape. He can learn all these things. Because coaches only have so much time with these players, you know? You want to hit this bomb? No. No? Okay. All right, this podcast is over. I'm your host, David Palermo. That's Adam Deacon. You want to say what up? Hey, Deeks, what's up, man? No. All right, well, we're going to rip in peace over here. Um. So thank you to everybody for listening It's been podcast number 220 As always follow along on Instagram Twitter And sometimes Facebook Per at least for me Deacon's all up on it in the Bills Mafia group Hit him up in there if you want And um you have any shout outs or anything you want to do Nah You're not in a shout out to me yeah, yeah, What up Alright so um As always thank you for subscribing And if you want to interact um, we have some giveaways coming soon. I have a bunch of, I don't know if I told you this, I have a bunch of, like, the Bills gear I've had forever. And I think I'm just going to do a thing where if people leave a screenshot of them and, like, a couple friends doing, like, a five-star, like, little kind of podcast review, leave something nice, shoot a follow on all of our platforms, I will send something out to you for free that fits in a priority mail envelope. In my little bin I'll have of Bill's merch and, and stuff like that. I got a whole bunch of shit that I've been just like collecting over the years. And I'm trying to make room in the crib anyways. And I think it'll be kind of fun. Also, and I don't know if anybody will do this. A call to action. Shoot me pictures on where you le- listen to this podcast. Because I'm like the weirdo that'll like send a picture of me at work listening to other podcasts to other podcasts. And Deacon's shaking his head like you're a fucking loser. And yeah, I am. As he's watching wrestling on an iPad. Which I'm not judging. I kind of want to fuck the men on there too. They look good. Anyways, this podcast is over. I'm your host, David Palermo. Not gay for the stay. Um, And uh, take care. It's been a great podcast. Oh, numbillsfan.com. You look like you're going to say something. You had to lean in.